Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. Episode 181. We've got another legend on the podcast this week. The one and only Derek Hess. It was uh, a great interview, although let me warn you that he couldn't get his Skype to work. And I didn't want to lose the opportunity to interview him. So I downloaded a... um, phone recording software on my iPhone so it sounds kind of like a phone call basically it doesn't sound great but you can hear what we're saying what we're talking about it just doesn't sound as nice as when we use the good mics anyway it's a great interview Derek's uh, a legend who's uh, I, I really liked his documentary Forced Perspective he's done all kinds of amazing gig posters for tons of cool bands and he's just been around for forever and he he's he's one of the it's like Wes Benscoter from last week he's one of these guys that I was looking at when I was um before I had started my fine art career so um he's you know he's a he's big time so uh yeah I thanks to Jeff Bradford and uh Dave Sherman for kind of setting this up or pushing me to interview him and helping set it up I was I don't know I was a little nervous to even approach him because I know he's kind of a big shot so um, I kind of put it off for a while but um, Jeff kept putting the bug in my ear and then Dave Sherman was like I'll email his his uh, manager for you (laughs) so I couldn't say no and I'm I'm really glad I did it because he's a really cool guy really interesting guy. Okay, so uh, what's been going on with me? Uh, I was so wiped out from this uh, last couple of weeks where I had a huge deadline to fulfill that you know I've been talking about. And it, I had to pull, you know, two or three all-nighter, all-nighters in a row and it completely fucked my sleeping schedule up. And I swear the older I am now, the harder it is to recover. I've just been, you know, it's been like a week where I haven't been able to really do much. I just don't have the energy for it. It's starting to feel back to normal today, I guess. Um, but man, I got to stop doing those all nighters. Every time I do them, I say that, but uh, they're tough. They're tough. So anyway, let's see. Um, I, I, I've also been dealing with my streaming setup because I'm starting to stream demos and live paintings for my Patreon. So I'm going to be doing a lot of that soon. I just started and it's actually kind of fun. So I'm all set up to do it. Um, if you want to join my Patreon, it's patreon.com slash chetzar. Also, if you want to join the Dark Art Society, it's patreon.com slash darkartsociety. Get the podcast a day early and bonuses and entrance in the secret Facebook group and the website and blah, blah, blah. Okay. New subscribers this week. Let's get on with it. Okay. We've got Jeremy shot, Jeremy shot from dark art emporium. Uh, I think he renewed his credit card or something cause he was on before, but thanks Jeremy. Um, uh, Gabriel McCandless. Thank you. Uh, Missale or Ur- Qu- 
Quico. Thank you. Sorry if I mispronounced your name, but I appreciate you. Mayor Alma. Mayor Alma. I'm sorry. Mayor Almagro. Thank you. Natalie McKean. Thank you. The Boneyard Gallery. Thank you. And Lydia Burris. Thank you so much. If you joined up, uh, look for the Dark Art Society Cooperative on Facebook, and we will and request membership, and we will uh, add you to the group. Also, if you you can go to darkartsociety.com and use your Patreon credentials to log into that and set up an account, which we're trying to you know kind of move the Facebook over to the website so that we're not you know so much of a helping Facebook steal all your data. And play into that evil <clears throat> scheme. Uh, oh, listen, my dog snoring. That's baby girl snoring. You know, I wanted to say one thing before I um, wrap this up. I had a crazy lucid dream the other day that was from this um, lack of sleep. And the weird sleeping hours that I've had. Um, it was so profound that I have to talk about it. I mentioned it actually in one of my live streams while I was painting because it had happened maybe a day or two before when I was testing at my paint, uh, paint, painting streaming live stream thing. And so check it out. I had this dream and it was like most of my dreams. It was there was a bunch of people all around. I always have these dreams, and, and it's like I'm outside, and there's just tons of people. Just like everybody's outside, for some reason, just people walking around, interacting. And um, at one point, I'm in this little house. I, I can see it very clearly. It was like painted pink on the inside, and kind of cheerful and weird. I don't know. It was kind of weird, like like a cartoony house and I was talking to a friend of mine and I realized it was a dream and I and I said I don't remember who the friend was but I was looking at this person and I said you realize that this is a dream this is fake and and when I was saying it I felt like I was in I wasn't in a dream I was in this weird weird dream dimension like I was on DMT basically that's what it felt like the one experience I had where I went kind of felt like I was in this virtual dimension so I felt like that conscious and awake within the dream and as I was telling this to this person they like magically before my eyes in the dream they turned into like a puppet or a doll like this weird cartoony doll with you know that wasn't a person anymore that had no soul and I was like whoa <laughs> that seems profound somehow it was like I woke up in the dream in the in the same way that you you wake up in reality to the idea that reality is actually just an illusion and that it's all the same thing and we're all the same thing that's kind of what it felt like so anyway uh, I was like oh it's a dream so I did the usual thing that people do when they when they have lucid dreams I started flying so I flew up to the sky to real high up to the sky and I and I like touched the clouds I went up so high it was kind of raining up there and um, I like swirled my hands around in the clouds and then I came back down and then I started walking up walls and stuff just doing crazy stuff like that but the whole time there was this threat that I was going to fall back asleep into the dream or I was going to, you know, lose that awareness within the dream. So I kept thinking, okay, just, just be, be like centered, be in the moment and don't 
get distracted because you'll forget you're in a lucid dream and then you won't be able to do all this fun stuff. And, um, and so then I went to go tell somebody else, um, I, I, I'm, uh, I just had, I'm in this lucid dream. I'm, I'm, I have total control over my dream. And as I'm telling the person, I completely forgot and went back into the dream. So I like, I was overtaken by the illusion of the dream again. And then I went back into the dream and then it would just continued on as a regular dream. But it just seemed so, um, I don't know, kind of deep and profound in, in the way that, I mean, this is, it's such a, to me, it seemed like such an analogy for how we have mo- these kind of peak experiences in real life. And you, and you kind of have these realizations, uh, these spiritual illuminations, you, you wake up out of the, the, you know, your normal state of consciousness. That's kind of like buying into this whole illusion that we live in, that this is real and nothing, there's nothing beyond it. And then you have the realization and then you forget and you get wrapped back up in, in everyday life. And then you, for, you, you, you get become hypnotized again by reality. So anyway, I just thought that was cool and I had to share it. I was, it was just like, I don't know. I felt when I came out of that dream, I felt like I really had a, had a deep experience, a deep spiritual experience. It was really, and it was super fun and cool. Anyway, let's get on with it. Episode 181, Derek Hess. It's a great one. Check it out. Remember, it's recorded on a phone, so the quality's a little dicey. All right, enjoy. Hello. This call is being recorded. This call is being recorded. What's up, Derek? That's what I heard. <laughs> Well, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Huge fan. Oh, it's my pleasure. I, I really do appreciate the answers. Yeah, yeah. No, your stuff's amazing. And uh, I love, you know, I really, lo- one thing I love about, I, I, it's like you, you have not, I don't think, defined yourself as like a dark artist in the way that maybe I, I do. Because I'm, I'm more about, you know, I'm full on about monsters and stuff like that. But I, I you know, I realize there's a subtext beneath my work and stuff. But, um, you know, I've always considered you kind of like in that camp to some degree because mm-hmm. your stuff is, is uh, emotionally dark. And uh, and I think that's what's great is that, I mean, it, it's cool for the dark art movement um, to have you in, in their corner in that way because your stuff is like straddles the line of just, you know, tr- more traditional figurative fine art, but you're also going in uh, dark areas. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm so, kind of, you know, I'm kind of like the gateway drug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I love that though. I mean, I love that. I, I love that. Cause that's the, the whole point of the podcast really is, is we're trying to show that it's, you know, dark art is, is important and has value. And it's more than just like people, you know, making monsters. It's like, there's more to it. There's more to it. And, and you are such a great example of that, I think. So, uh, thank oh, you for well, coming on. Oh man, my pleasure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the, the dark art movement, um, I've not heard it put that way, but I definitely agree with it. Um, right. And I, I think that, uh, it's kind of it's kind of fun to be put in a category like that. Um, and <laughs> well, I that's the, it, I'm sorry. Go I'm ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. 
Oh, no, it's, it's, well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm getting used to this phone thing, and there's a little bit of a lag, so I'm, trying, I'm sorry if I talk over you. Oh, that's fine. I'm used to it. <laughs> no, well, the, I, the thing I was going to say was, what I found was, it was actually during this, this dude is making a documentary about me, and wow. the documentary ended up kind of being as much about this dark art movement as about me. And it was something that we kind of discovered during the making of this documentary over three years that it's like everybody's, you know, there's a ton of people into this, this kind of artwork that we're calling dark art. And it's like, right. because of the, t the tattoo world and the, the, the metal world and stuff, there's a lot of people into it and there isn't really a name for the movement, but everybody calls it dark art. So I'm like, let's just start calling it dark art and kind of like coalesce around it. Just so that we're, you know, sure. so it serves us as artists better. You know what I mean? Right. It's like a like a movement, like the the impressionists were. You know, they they exactly. they were all of like mind, and they uh, it just got a title. You know, and so right. So this the dark art, I think, is is working the same way, basically. Yeah, descriptive. <laughs> it's nothing else. I know a lot of people don't like it, but the way I look at it, it's like. Impressionism is only a good name because of the artists that come from it, or surrealism. It's like if you take those words on their own without their history, they kind of don't sound necessarily like good names. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's but like you know name exactly what it is. <laughs> exactly. When, exactly. When they, but it, you hear what the name is, you know exactly what they're talking about. Right, right. But it's the artists that make the name cool and make the name right. It's the art behind it. So I figure whatever we settle on, this is what everybody's calling it. So let's just call it that and get that part over with and get on with the artwork and promoting it and stuff. But absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been, I've been, I was looking at your work. Uh, you know, I think I've been aware of your stuff since the nineties when I was first starting mm -hmm. to consider becoming a fine artist. You were one of those artists I was looking at going, oh, shit, this person is doing it. And if I, I've, I've had some of these people like Wes Benscoter I had on recently and Brom. I've had Brom on and, and, and uh, <clears throat> you guys are all people I was kind of like that were doing it before I was doing it while I was still uh -huh. in the film industry doing effect, special effects stuff. And um, so it was really inspiring to see you doing it, you know, living the living the dream, living the art life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I know you haven't. I, I know it hasn't been a a dream life for you. I've seen your documentary and stuff. I, I'm, I'm aware of your history, but uh, it's still pretty amazing that you're you're doing what you do. Oh, you know? I, I feel very fortunate, you know, and uh, I feel fortunate that uh, the way I went about it wasn't intentional, but it, it, it panned out. You know, by starting with the concert posters and being able to develop an audience through that 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 gave me right. the uh the launching pad to, to go ahead and do do the artwork by itself without ha having to be promoting bands right right so that just kind of happened or or i mean i know you were working with this bar and promoting the bands that were coming through and right just, i was it seemed like it happened kind of fast from from the timeline on the documentary i'm not sure well, yeah, I well, I was booking the bar, and so I, I was I was picking the bands, and so I was my own client, which was which was cool. <laughs> and uh, that is cool. <laughs> it was, and it was definitely being at the right place at the right time. It was during the concert poster resurgence with Kozik and Coop and and people like that, mm. and uh, 
and the type of bands that everybody's working with, like the Touch and Go bands, the bands on Amphetamine Reptile Records, CD Records, and Sub Pop Records. Um, yep. It was all happening in the early 90s, late late mm-hmm. 80s into the early to mid 90s. And that just happened to be when I I, I took over this, this bar, you know, bar slash club. And uh, really, it was just a bar. Um, <laughs> and I was able to to develop the scene with the music in Cleveland. And at the same time, I was able to de- develop my artwork. And so it, it right. just was the perfect storm. It all worked out at once. And uh, I continued to do concert posters after I stopped booking the club. Uh, I was able to stop all my other side jobs and everything uh, eventually and be able to just work on the artwork. Um, right. And uh, eventually... I got tired of doing the concert posters uh, just because, you know, there's only so much of one thing I can do, you know, things run its course. Right. And so right. I was able to, to jump into the fine art world uh, because I already had developed an audience for the artwork. Right. Yeah. So that that's, I mean, there's so many things I want to ask you about that. Um, how long were you in, in the, in the poster field? Like how long were you doing that before you made the jump to fine art? Um, Good question. Um, <laughs> let me see. I started. I was doing flyers from '89 to '93, mm-hmm. um, and then '93, uh, my business partner introduced himself to me, and he was involved with the concert poster trade. And he was like, "Well, why don't you do concert posters of, of these things?" And I'm like, "I well, I couldn't afford it." Um, and I was right. studying printmaking at the same time at uh, the Cleveland Institute of Art, and uh, he he. Uh, offer to pay for the first run of posters, get them printed and see how they went. And uh, we did it and it was a cow's poster and uh, mm. it went really well. So we've been working together ever since. Um, right. That's 93. Um, mm-hmm. I'm like, it's like we're married. Um, <laughs> uh, so I did concert so, posters. I, I booked the club through 95 and I was doing okay. concert posters for those two years, but, but I continue to do them for like five years after that. So seven or okay. eight years, I was doing the okay. kinds of posters. And then you just, yeah, I, it, this is a similar, I mean, uh, kind of a similar situation in a way with my situation. Cause I was in the film industry doing special effects, makeup stuff. And right, uh, I right. got to, a, I, yeah, for like 15 years. And I got to a point where it's like, I got to get out. I got to get out. And fine art was like my life raft <clears throat> to get out. Right. So, right. I, so I basically was kind of like double dutying it for you know a good seven. I can't. I'm not sure of the timeline, but I think it was like seven years. I was just like working on my fine art at night and on the weekends, and then working my day job until I was able to, you know, finally do the transition. And uh, right. I'm so gl- I'm so glad. I'm so happy <laughs> that I was able to get out. Which I'm sure you you know doing your own fine art is is it. You know. Right. That's what that's where it's at, man. You can do whatever you want, and it's like it succeeds or fails on your own vision. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I know what you mean. And uh, I was I was lucky too that every time I changed my changed the course of what I was doing, with the my core fan base came along with me. Right. Right. And, and at the same time, that I'd be developing another audience. Um, yeah. That, that, yeah. That it's a, it's a, would hang on and. and and stick with me if I change directions again. Um, right. Yeah. Like, yeah, the fine like I did, you know, a different. 
I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, the, uh, the, I'm just saying the, the fine art audience is a little bit different. I think. Oh, than a concert poster audience. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But it's it's cool um, that you're able to do both. You know. Right. Well, uh, you know, I still get emails occasionally. It's like, well, why don't you go back and do what you did back then? And it's like, well, I, <laughs> I can't really. You know. Right. I, you know, it ran its course, and uh, yeah, exactly. I have to, have to do something new. You know. Right. To, stay interested and stay engaged. Right. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people don't understand that, but, um, I, you know, did you choose, so you were booking the bands and doing flyers for them because that's one of the, the, uh, things I love about you is, um, you picked really good bands. (laughs) It's like the, 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 all the bands you worked with are like, these are the bands I like, like the Jesus lizard and stuff. It's like maybe because we're kind of around the same age, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like a lot of the fans I have now are into like, uh, you know, newer metal bands and stuff. And it's like, I, I like metal as much as anybody, but I, the bands that really matter to me are like, you know, um, uh, Jesus Lizard, the touch and go bands and fire hose and right men and stuff like that, you know, uh, right. that kind of post punk stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so were you able to choose which bands you worked with when you were doing this or were you oh, kind of yeah. like, yeah, well, uh, definitely. I and what happened was is I was booking Monday nights at the U, and uh, the word got out very quickly in the music and the booking industry with the booking agents that Cleveland was doing a Monday, and mm-hmm. the, the bands instead of just traveling on Monday, they could stop in the Cleveland and, and could pick up a gig. Um, and so the agents, you know, started calling me with with the bands they handled, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could definitely, I mean, they were all handling bands I liked, you know, like Top Shoot Pop as well. Um, yep. So it was pretty easy to book the bands I wanted because these agents were approaching me with their roster. And, uh, yeah, and, and the Euclid Tavern, I used to, the way things worked was I had, had to be there at sound check, make sure everything's sound checked, make sure the bands are fed, make sure the bands have their beer. Um, <laughs> then, work, then I worked the door, and then at the night, you know, we'd, we'd close down and they load out and then I ended up paying them. So the Mondays were really long days. And uh, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that that was the whole, the Euclid Tavern thing was like that. And then uh, I was able to, again, book the bands I like. And uh, right. it's cool that you appreciate them as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like. You know, like I said, these are the bands I these are the bands I still listen to now mostly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, you know how it is. The older you get, it's hard to get into new stuff. But um, right. As, but as you yeah. were developing your 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 poster career, were you still were you able to be choosy, or were you kind of once you got out of the tavern and you were uh, not booking the acts but doing the post just doing the the poster art? Were you were you still choosing, or was it kind of like uh, you were you were taking? Oh whatever. no, that was. I was no, no. I was still able to choose, definitely. Mm. You know, because I turned, I turned down ones that people like. You know, why did you turn that down? I'm like, well, well, I don't like that band. <laughs> <laughs> I totally understand. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool because then you have got the music that you really love connected with with your artwork, which is you know the ultimate. I right. mean, I do this with every once in a while. I'll find a band that I like, like some new band, and I just. I'll, you know, I'll let them use an image for a fly or whatever, just because I want to support them, you know? 
astronauts. Are oh yeah, definitely. I uh, yeah. I got a radio show, and uh, oh really? I, I'm yeah. I need to get new new bands on there because I'll just end up playing Thin Lizzy and UFO forever. Um, <laughs> oh, you like UFO too? <laughs> UFO so awesome. Oh, I love UFO. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Nobody knows about that. UFO. Nobody knows about UFO. Oh, it's like it's so hard to find anybody that appreciates UFO. Oh, like the man, greatest li- live album, greatest live album ever made, I think. Strangers uh, in the Night. It's got to be the Strangers best live Strangers in the Night. Yep. Yeah, awesome. Well, I played yeah. them all the time <laughs> on my show, them and Thin Lizzy and, you know, stuff like that. And uh, I... I Mix in with the Jesus Loser and Cops You Cop, but in the show, I'll end up just playing the same thing over and over and over and over. And people, but, <laughs> right. You know, week after week. And uh, so I do I do look seek out new bands, and uh, right. I found a couple that are pretty cool. This uh, Devil Electric, I thought was pretty cool. And hmm. this other band called Star Crawler, I think is okay. really cool. I just found them on Bandcamp. And, uh, um, yeah, yeah, that's where, and, I, that's where I found a few. It's Ian Blurton. Ian Blurton, B-L-U-R-T-O-N, is pretty cool. Um, okay. That was that one's more seventies like. It's that one sounds more like it. They could tour with UFO or Thin Lizzy. That Ian Blurton. How guy. cool! How cool! But uh, yeah, I'm definitely gonna look yeah. them up. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, so I'm excited about some new stuff, you know, and uh, the stuff in the 2000s, you know, with Converge and Dylan Jerk State Plan and, and bands yeah, like that, you know. Great, great. Band. I definitely like those as well. Yeah, yeah. Dillinger's Escape Plan is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. There's this band you might want to check out called the Invasives. Invasives. Yeah. Okay. They're Can- Canadian. Uh, they they don't do anything to promote themselves, but I recently lent uh, an image for a, a release, uh, an album release they had on Bandcamp. Oh, cool. But they're they're really cool. They're kind of like uh, they're like a punk kind of a punk three-piece Canadian punk band, kind of uh, No Means No-ish. Uh, I don't know if you're into No, right. no Means No's, another band I love. They're kind of like... Oh, yeah, No Means No. I never got to book them. Oh, really? They were, they were, yeah, they were, they were around at that time when I was booking. I just never got to book No Means No. Yeah, they're such a great band. Just broke up yeah. a couple of years ago, unfortunately. Um, <clears throat> do you play music? No, no, no. Never tried. No, just a fan. <laughs> yeah, same here. I started as a fan, and then I taught myself to play guitar and had some bands. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm glad it never went anywhere. Oh, though, because <laughs> check this band out. Not... Uh, Ma- check this out. Madre Son hmm? is uh, Michael Shanker's son, son is the lead guitarist. So, oh wow! You know, Michael Shanker from UFO. Yeah, yeah, Michael Schenk is amazing. Yeah, and this is his son. That's uh, lead guitar from Audrey's son. Wow, let's definitely check him out. <clears throat> yeah, that's cool stuff. Can he play as good as Michael Schenk is? <laughs> Nobody plays as good as Michael Schenk. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, the other thing I wanted to mention is because I'm a Rush fan. And, uh, oh yeah, you know, that's a, that's another kind of culty thing. It's like people either love Rush or they hate him. And I saw you wearing a Rush shirt in your documentary, so I'm thinking. I think he might be a Rush fan too. Oh yeah, Are you a I Rush got fan? all my Rush yeah. tickets framed. <laughs> oh, awesome! Yay! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get to see him uh, on the Clockwork Angels tour 
But the, you know, not the last, not the last one, but the one where they had the orchestra is so good. Oh yeah, and definitely then, uh, the the three with the three sets. Yep, yep. And then uh, I saw them on the Signals tour when I was like, yeah, thirteen. I saw that as well. Four. Yeah, great. My yeah. first rush show was uh, my first rush show was Hemispheres. Oh my god, are you serious? Yeah, that, that was, was amazing. Pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. And I was a kid, you know, so it, it definitely yeah. made an impression. Because you know, I'm in a big arena, you know, right. and it's full of people. And they're all smoking pot, you know. Yep. And, uh, it, it, <laughs> and uh, I get people to buy me beers, you know, and security doesn't care, you know. And, uh, <laughs> right. you know, sold out show, 20,000 people, you know. And uh, that's how it was back then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember my I, my brother took me to see Devo in 1979, 80. Oh, like cool. When, yeah, yeah, it was amazing. X opened for them. Nobody, it's like uh, nobody, it, nobody gave a shit about X. It, it was weird, you know, because they were a, a smaller right. band at the time. But it was on New Year's right. Eve, and I was like 12 years old. My brother took me, and it was just so amazing to see, you know, this is cool. them... I thought you know, this is like the duty now for the for the future album, their second album, promoting that. Right. It was really really amazing. It's so cool to see that you know when you're 12 years old. I bet uh, man, maybe, they're uh, maybe, they're 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 kind of a local band here. They're from Akron, which is oh that's right, half that's right, Cleveland. Yeah, right. that's right. Yeah, they're like the local heroes. I imagine there. Oh yeah, Another, definitely. A hu- I'm a huge huge Devo fan, also. So. Cool. Well, well we, I'm a, yeah. I'm a, I am a fan, but I'm not a huge one because I don't I don't have all their material. But definitely, it's, it's uh, worth it's worth it if you ever di- want to dive in. You start with the first first like four four albums are great. Mm-hmm. First three albums are amazing. Like every song is amazing. Um, well, the one uh, one with Twisted Chain is that what the song's called? Mm, oh. Uh, 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 no. Duty no, Not for okay. the Future? Yeah, that's the second album. Okay. Um, are you thinking of Gates of Steel? From the, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was like their hit album when they had Whip It on it. Um, right, when they had the Flower Pot heads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great album, it's a great album. I, I kind of prefer yeah. the two before that, though. They're really, really good, right. weird, weird stuff. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I really, I'm very, okay. I'm, I'm very envious of at least two things of you. And that is your, your loose style, you know, that really free loose style you have. It's, it's so hard to do. People don't realize how hard it is. It's a lot harder to do rough stuff like that. And, and I'm also really envious of your studio, do you still have that studio that's in the documentary? Oh no, yeah, no, oh. I don't I don't have it anymore. It was amazing. Huge, You're right. That huge loft. Oh my god. It's like I'm in a like a ten by ten bedroom is my studio and I was looking at that just drooling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well I moved. I lived in that building too, right across the hall and uh Oh really? It was so easy. I would just go you know, it had a big fire door that you know, and so it was very secure. And, uh, you know, there was only a couple other people lived on my floor. And so I could leave mm-hmm. both doors open for my, my apartment and the studio because it was like, you know, 10, 10 feet across. And uh, Gee, that way my dog amazing. and my cat could walk back and forth. And uh, That's so cool. 
Yeah, no one bothered me until the towards the end. That's why I moved. It's just things got old, too old for me. I just I'm, I'm too old for that that shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Some kids moved in. You know, the landlord let some kids move in. The kids were like the first time they were living somewhere. You know, and they're in a yeah, warehouse. It was yeah. like warehouse party, warehouse party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And they're done exactly. that. I'm a grown up now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have a new I, studio I turn, now? No, it's just like you said. I got a room in my house that I'm running. So. Oh wow! Okay. Okay. It's it a big shock from going from 2,000 square feet to what, ten by ten, like you said. <laughs> right, <laughs> 14 I know. foot high ceiling. Right. Right. Yeah, I can imagine. But you know, where there's where there's a far, wall, there's a way. As as, it's yeah. As far as the loose style goes, I I got that from uh, well, one of my drawing instructors, Jose Cintron. And uh, mm-hmm. he was, he did life drawing classes and he was just very adamant about being loose, 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 right. you know, and, and develop on top of the loose lines. And uh, just by him drilling that into us, I, you know, I, I picked it up. And uh, so that's really the only way I know how to draw. Hmm. Is, Interesting. You know, draw loose that, and, it, and build on top of it. Right. Yeah. Is that the uh, the guy that's interviewed in the documentary? Yes, yes, Jose. The paint, the, Jose yeah, Cintron. and he's showing his his paintings. He's showing his right. paintings in the documentary. He's a fucking amazing painter, man. Jeez. Oh yeah, he was a he was a drawing instructor and a portrait painting instructor at, at yeah. the art school, Cleveland Institute of Art. What a great teacher to have, man. That's a oh yeah, you know. very fortunate. <laughs> Yeah. Did you, uh, have you ever had, done any, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I, I was going to say, I had this other drawing instructor, Frank Myers, who, who passed, who was similar uh, as far as instructing goes. And, uh, it was really cool because he was a vet from World War II oh, and wow. he was a machine gunner in a B-17 bomber and, wow. uh, he got shot down and he ended oh, up being God. in a prison of war camp and he's in a prison Holy of war shit. camp. And as Crazy. the Allies got closer to freeing them, word was getting into the camp. Is there any artists there to draw pictures of the, uh, the officers of the camp? Because they were slipping out into the civilian population because they didn't oh want to get God. busted for war crimes. And so he was he was drawing these, you know, because they couldn't take pictures, obviously, you know, the, the, the prisoners. Right. And uh, so he was drawing pictures of these uh Nazis and get, helping get them caught for war crimes. That's amazing. How it cool. was, and he we would talk. <laughs> yeah, he was a boxer. He was like a gold glove boxer, and, and uh, you know his nose was broken in many places. And uh, <laughs> he was just really, really. I'm still fortunate to be able to study under him and under uh, Jose Centron. Yeah, yeah. Well, it shows in in your work. Um, yeah, how amazing. It's a shame these guys are starting to pass away, you know, because right. imagine oh, yeah. that generation being shot that generation. Yeah. Incredible. Being, being shot, shot down, down on the or... <laughs> surviving it, you know, in the first place, because people, it was hard for people to bail out of those things when they were Right, down. right. And then to get captured and be in a prison camp, that's just like, <laughs> yeah. how can you survive it's that? It's total Hogan's Heroes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
if only it was so. If only all that was like right. those zeros, the wacky Nazi. Right. <laughs> right. Those wacky Nazi. Colonel Clink. Yeah, Colonel Clink, yep. We come from the same era. We know the same TV shows. Right, right. <laughs> right, absolutely. Your, your listeners aren't going to know what the hell we're talking about. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, you got to go back and look it up, listeners. This is the good shit. This is the stuff we were raised on. The, absolutely. The 70s. <laughs> and they need to go check out UFO now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just get strangers in the night. It's the best, like the the best live recording I think ever made. I think it's they say that the Who live at Leeds is like the best live album ever, but I think Strangers in the Night is better. I like Strangers in the Night. I like uh, Unleashed in the East by Judas Priest, and I like I uh, that one. If you, if you want blood, you got it. The live ACDC one. Oh yeah, yep. I used to have that on that vinyl. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it's got a great a- great that. album. I- I I'm walked into the too. record store. Yeah, I walked into the record store and I knew nothing about ACDC, but I saw that cover of Angus Young driving an SG guitar through his belly. I and, know. Uh, <laughs> it's and I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, I've got to have this record. And, uh, <laughs> Same here. <laughs> and that, that's the key to uh, how it was then and CDs that, uh, you know, that, that's one of the reasons I was hired to do things as well because. You, you want to try to be able to sell your record any way you can, and right. if the artwork catches the catches them, the audience. Then you know it's it's all that much. Uh, it's much better for the band and the record label. Um, so I've done several CD covers, and uh, people have told me that like uh, the the one Converge. I've gotten emails that they said they'd never heard of Converge until they bought the record because of the artwork, and uh, you know right. I'm not a Converge fan. That's but awesome. that's how it was yeah, well, for me as a kid, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, and they had the big the, the big vinyl albums were like you know their artwork, just big pieces of artwork that yeah, you could look big, at and big canvas. They were big yep. canvas. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean that's that was Frazetta's whole thing, you know, doing those book covers. He would sell. Mm-hmm. You know, people bought people bought those books because the covers were so amazing. You right. Know? Definitely. Definitely. Uh, um uh so you know one other thing I wanted to ask you about the the band posters and then I mean that's a long time ago for you so I'm sure you're sick of talking about it we got to get on your <laughs> your fine art stuff but I but I was curious because I've always had trouble I don't know I just I never had the knack for I I don't know if I could do it I don't know if I could do it it's like cuz you you would always come up I don't know. You just had so many ideas with your, your rock posters and they kind of, it seemed like they, I don't know, it worked for whatever band you were doing somehow. And it's just like, I, I always kind of like, I've had to do a few album covers and stuff here and there. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's not something that's easy for me to come up with a concept. And so I was curious how you, how did you, did they just leave you alone and you could do whatever you wanted? And then you just kind of, came up with a concept because you knew the band and you liked the band or, I mean, how did that work? Exactly. No, you got that. Yeah. Exactly. Well, again, like I said, I was my own client making the right. concert posters. So, you know, I could do anything I wanted, you know, you know, the band's so you, just happy that they're getting promotional posters for free. Right. You know, you give them free ones, you know, I mean, you make the edition large enough so you could sell them to recoup your money and to make a living. 
but you know, he always gave the band like twenty of them, for, you know, free free posters to do what they wanted with. Right, right. And that's that's the way it worked back then. Now, you know, I'm sure it's different, whole different animal. You know, with with money, you know, people, you know, right. copyrights and all that bullshit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those are different times for sure. But I mean, as far mm-hmm. as the like com- coming up with the ideas, I mean, it must have been kind of. I don't want to say easy for you, but that's kind of what I do want to say. seems like you just did so many of them. And like I said, they all seem to work somehow, even if, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's like, I don't know, I would never think to put a dinosaur on a Jesus lizard poster, but it's <laughs> like, it makes total sense when when you see it. It's like, it's kind of brilliant. It seems like maybe you were just, you know, doing stuff that you thought was cool that inspired by the band. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I think it's a real talent. Well, thank you. Yeah, it was uh, definitely, I was just, just making a play on the, uh, the band name, you know, the big lizard <laughs> being a dinosaur. I and know, then a guy so on obvious. his head, like he's surfing. <laughs> it's you know, so obvious when you say Jesus. it, but. <laughs> it's so obvious when you say it, but it's like I don't think I would have thought of that. It's just it was, it's it was it's so great. Um, and then like, you know, oh, well, thank the you. cops, cops shooting, you know, fighting over the donut. It's like hilarious, right? <laughs> one poster you did, it's great, amazing. Thank you. So yeah, cool. that one was a uh, Jesus Lizard and cops shoot cop show. Oh, cool. And uh, cool. Yeah, so I had the big Jesus lizard creature, and the cops were like playing on them and shooting around them and eating donuts, right. sitting on them and stuff. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah. And here I find out the cop shoot cop isn't about police shooting each other; it's about heroin addiction. Oh no way, really? Yeah, you cop your heroin, you shoot it, and you, then you have to cop and cop it again. So the cop. Oh shoot my cop. god! Interesting. That's funny. Yeah, I never knew that. <laughs> right, I didn't know. Well, I, it took it took a few years to get it right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you uh, now that you're doing your fine art stuff, I love that you're do you you uh, I, again. You have this kind of freedom that I'm really envious of. Like you, you do you were doing those um, painting paintings on eight track tapes and on, right. you know note musical pieces of music stuff like that i mean these are are these just things that you just now that you're you know once you became unleashed to do your own thing it was just like hey i'm gonna paint on an eight track tape oh yeah that, that <laughs> was <laughs> um <laughs> i just had an eight track tape laying around the studio for some reason and uh and I was looking at the colors on it, and, and uh, so I just started drawing on it, and I thought, well, this is a really cool medium to work on. And so I went on eBay and started buying the 8-tracks that had, well, bands that I liked. Um, right. But also had uh, the artwork on it that would lend itself to w- what I was putting on top of it. You know, I, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to buy something that was difficult to paint on or draw right. or or whatever. And, uh, God, I did hundreds of them. Wow. And, uh, like concert posters, that ran its course, and now I uh, right. burned out to, to do any uh, eight-track tapes. But uh, at yeah, the time, right, I was right. turning them out. Yeah, super cool, super great idea. Um, really smart. 
So, I mean, what kind oh, of, well, thank uh, you. It's, it seems, I, I, I think it's, it's so great that you're, you know, you're doing, you're just doing your fine art now. Um, because it seems like you, you just do a thing for a while and you, you fulfill that need in you and then you move on and you mm-hmm. have a new thing you start doing and you do that for a while. It's like, uh, really the ultimate way of making art. <clears throat> um, yeah, I so, did a, I did a whole series of, nude studies of women on top of Playboy covers. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, that's right. You're doing one in the documentary. That's right. Yeah. And um, that ran its course, but I did hundreds of those, and I actually wow. made a book. And, and they're they're all in a book. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. So, you know, I wanted to do that because I wanted that, that body of work documented, you know, because right. if it's sold, you know, you wouldn't get them back. Um, obviously right. you've got, you know, high risk. Well, you get high risk scans of everything, but uh, yeah, I wanted definitely. to put it together as a, as a body of work. Like I, I did another book with the body, body of work. I was, I was doing a series of figures, you know, angels and devils and rain, mm-hmm. light comes down from the sky, nooses and factories, you know, all the, all the, all those things. And, uh, I was doing them all with black, white, and red. Mm, yeah, acrylic, and yeah. Uh, it, it evolved as it kept going. I, I was doing really, really bold red, really bold black. You know, um, the white of the paper. And uh, as it went along, I started to you know using the acrylics like watercolors. And uh, mm. you know, you know how you, you know how that works. You know, you mm-hmm. yep. yeah. Um, I don't got to tell you. Um, <laughs> But I started, I would I would wash it down, but still be using red. I'd put a little black in the red. I'd get that darker red tone and uh, um, just continued on. As I was working, I just kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and pushing it until it came to an end. And mm-hmm. uh, I had I stopped doing them. And I put that in a book, too, you know, so I had that body of work documented. Um, yeah. Didn't awesome. do the A-Tracks. Didn't do the A-Track book. But, uh, oh, no? Oh, yeah, I would have liked to, but no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of a lot of photography to get done. You did hundreds of exactly. them. Exactly, that was the problem. Yeah, and then having somebody, you know, I'm not a photographer. Then we're having to pay somebody to shoot it. You know. Yeah, same same here. I have to take all my stuff to get yeah. photographed. Too much for right, me. Right, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> yep. You know what I'm talking so, about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like a lot of the stuff I do is like dark values also, which are really hard with reflections. So I'm like, I just take it to my photographer and he doesn't get reflections somehow with his polarizing filter. I don't know how he does it, but Uh, that's why they're photographers. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's worth it. It's worth it. That's what I tell, you know, young artists, it's like, you got to get everything scanned and photographed because this, you know, you can merchandise this stuff so you can, you know, instead of selling a painting for, a thousand bucks or whatever, you can make 10,000 on your merchandising, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. You make prints out of it or, or whatever. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta figure out a way to make money if you're going to do this, you know? Right. Well, I, we do that. Um, you know, we, I make prints of the artwork and, uh, you know, the original, you, like you, like you do, you sell your original for X amount and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people can't afford that. So then you right. make prints of it and you can make it, uh, you know, accessible to to people of 
limited means. And uh, right. that's what I do. I, I imagine you do that as well. Um, oh yeah, definitely. I did take a look at your. I did take a look at your store and uh, saw some really cool stuff. And I saw how you were marketing, it, and I think that's a good idea. The way you're working. Oh, thanks. It. Yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've outgrown my big cartel shop. I got to move up to Shopify or something. I have way too much stuff in my store now. It's just kind of like okay, you know. I mean, when I started, I just I basically started this career like you know. I decided in 2000 I was going to start painting fine art and sculpting and stuff. And it just kind of like kept building and I didn't know what I was doing and I, and I, you know, I uh, didn't have anyone to help me do it. I still, I'm just kind of doing it all on my own for the most part. And, um, uh-huh. you know, you just build up all this clutter. It's not like it was thought out, like, oh, I'm going to have this many prints at a time and this many little sculptures at a time and do additions of this and that. And it was just like things right. just piled and piled up. And now it's like, I got 300 items in my store and it's like it's not organized really so i'm just i'm trying right. right now to re- really kind of organize myself and do things properly now that i've you know gotten to a certain point but you know mm-hmm. i didn't know i didn't know what i was doing I'm just going for it um right no it's important to have a a, a website that uh, is easy for people to navigate no oh, yeah you know? yeah yeah my last my last website it was you know very difficult to get into whatever gallery you wanted to get into and then look for what you wanted to look for because right. there's just so much stuff on there. Yeah, your uh, current one's great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, out. the current one, uh, it, it, it it's geared to get people looking at the the, uh, the merch. Right. And, uh, I mean, it's made to, hang on one second. Okay. It's made to show the artwork for someone who's interested in it, but it also makes it easier for somebody to, to purchase something if they like it. Right, and right. it's important yeah. for being, you know, as you know, it's important being an artist. We gotta, we gotta pay our bills. So exactly, yeah, I know. I think about that all the time. It's like I know that when I go on a on a website and I want to buy something, if there's too many choices, I just like go. I can't deal with this right now, and I, and I go do something else. And I just think of all the people that do that on my website, I wonder how many sales I'm losing because it's just like too much stuff to look at, you know? Right. But, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm working on a new website and stuff. So. Well, yeah, you make, make categories too, you know, like, like, um, yeah, yeah. You know, these are the sculpture category, this book category, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I have categories currently. It's just, it's too much. I think I feel like it's too much. Yeah. It's like, just, okay. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try a stripped down version. See how that works. I mean, I'm doing all right. I make right. most of my money from print. Well, the, the stripped down stripped down stripped down version is important because of the people's short attention span. Yeah, you know, the internet created <laughs> short attention span. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. You you don't do do you do social media really? I don't see you on there much. Oh, you yeah, Facebook, Facebook and, thing, and I think, right? And it, yeah, Facebook and Instagram. Oh, okay. Right, yeah. But are, are you doing? Are you on there yourself doing that, or do you? Do you? I know you have uh, a partner and stuff, which is really cool. Yeah, we, thing. We, that's actually a third thing I'm envious about. <laughs> oh, having I someone, have a business partner. Yeah, having someone deal with all yeah. the stuff you don't want to deal with. <laughs> yeah, I feel very fortunate. You know, they, yeah. they put up with me over the years. And, uh, <laughs> just having some we actually trust get a, on your on your side is so huge, you know. Oh, definitely, 
yeah, Marty, Marty's a good, good guy. Definitely. Yeah. He seems cool in the dock. He's like a cool dude. Believes in the work and everything. Right. So. Yeah, yeah, that was the other thing that uh, tripped me out because I I, saw, I rented your documentary actually when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I'm a I'm a documentary freak. I love documentaries, okay. especially art documentaries. And uh, we were like editing my documentary at the time, and so I was like researching as many documentaries as I could find. And then yours came out, and I really liked it. It's called Force Perspective. Mm-hmm. For anybody who is listening, you should definitely definitely watch this documentary. It's really great. Um, oh yeah, people people are listening. <laughs> yeah, well, they will be listening, and tomorrow they'll be listening. <laughs> right? No, it's just you know once you get talking on the phone, like, I know. Which we are. Like, oh yeah, people are going to listen to this. <laughs> I know. I know. That's what uh, that's what people say on these interviews. They always say, "Oh yeah." After about five minutes, I forgot it was an interview. <laughs> right. <is> good. <laughs> good. That's the way I want it. it. Should be conversational and just like a real conversation because it is a real conversation. Um, oh yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah, you were talking about oh. documentaries. Oh yeah, yeah, your documentary. So, but I watched it again this morning because I wanted to. Because it's been, oh, wow. I, you know, it's been a few years. It's been like, right. You know, it came out in 2014 or 2016 or something like that. Um, like that. Yeah. So I, I mean, I saw it when it first came out. So uh, I was able to watch it again this morning just because I want to do my research and. Um, now I forget what I was going to say. Um, I'm completely blanking on what my my point was going to be. But I do this every episode. I make a joke of it because it happens at least once an episode where I forget exactly. Senior moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've been having senior moments since I've been 20 years old. Um, right. But, well, anyway, I guess I'll just tell people how great the documentary is. Uh, how did that come about? Um, well, this, this kid, uh, yeah, and he's not really a kid, but he's, you know, he's, he's younger <laughs> than me. He's a, a filmmaker, and uh, he just approached me one day out of the blue. He says, I want to do a documentary on you. I'm like, oh, yeah? And uh, <laughs> so we met, and, uh, he, you know, he seemed cool, and... Uh, and I'm like, you know, what the hell? Somebody is taking the interest in making a documentary on me. You know, why not? You know, right? That'd be awesome. You know, and, and you know, it's flattering too that he, you know, wants yeah, to do it. And sure. uh, he was really good. He he did documentaries, and he's really good at it. And uh, yeah, it was his first one, actually, his first documentary. And, you know, uh, he, this <laughs> this is so weird. This is exactly how my documentary got made. This guy uh-huh. came, this dude. He had he actually had a dream that he was making a documentary about me. So he's like, I'm going to ask him if I could make a documentary about him. This guy Mike Carell has become a friend now. Uh, again, oh, cool. younger as well, like 12 years younger mm-hmm. than me, also. Right. And I met met with him. He seemed cool, and I kind of just same thing. I was like, why not? And it was his first documentary. <laughs> oh, really? Cool. Yeah, yeah. Really similar, and it came yeah, out I'm great. Buddy, I'm too. buddies with. Yeah, my guy. His name was Nick Cavalier. And uh, yeah, I'm buddies with him now too. Yeah, that's great. That's so weird. That's a, a very similar story. What a trip. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess maybe that's where I was, where I was going. I was saying that uh, your partner was in the documentary. But, right, uh, Marty. Yeah, Marty. 
yeah, he seems like a cool guy. Um, right. Yeah, it's a good dude. Yeah. Well, anyway, I forgot my point. It probably wasn't that important anyway. But um, okay. so what do you <laughs> – <laughs> I just, you know, I'm, I, I want people to see the documentary anyway because a lot of people who listen to this podcast are um, aspiring artists also. You know, there's a lot of aspiring uh-huh. artists. There's all, so it's, there's a lot of like, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, building a career and th- do's and don'ts and stuff like that. Um, also art fans, but just generally people into darker kind of art. But so that's a, that's a documentary right. I rec- I highly recommend to people out there. Uh, so what are you doing now? I mean, what's your what are you doing artistically right now? Are you on a, a I'm kind of series? I'm no I, I'm kind of in limbo right now. I'm kind of uh, mm. not not sure which way to go or what to get started on. So uh, I just did uh, of mice and men. CD cover. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, cool! Which was uh, which was really, really easy cover to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Why and not? I'm not being, I'm not being, because they just wanted uh, a real loose drawing of mine. They just wanted me to draw two birds, one on a wire oh. and one flying off the wire, and uh, and of you know, I was like, sure, I can do that. You know, um, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> So I did that, and I don't know when it. I don't know when it's going to be released, but it, it's going to be. It's their next one coming up, and uh, uh, I'm sure it'll be out shortly. Um, and other than that, I, I've just been drawing things to uh, just kind of keep my hand in it. Um, right. I've been drawing my hand. I draw. I love drawing the hand. And uh, I did a, oh, a poster for Get Out the Vote. And uh, oh, cool. And what they are is they they found one artist in each state, and then they had that person make a poster for getting out the vote. Getting and their target audience is eighteen through thirty eight. So mm-hmm. you know they figured my my art would appeal to that 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 uh, group of people. Um, Definitely. And so I, I yeah I drew, I drew the hands. I, I drew the hand doing the love symbol, mm-hmm. and I drew the hand flipping you know doing flipping the bird. And then mm-hmm. I did the hand doing the peace sign, and then I wrote next to the peace sign O T E. So the V of the peace sign was the V for the word vote. That's great. If, if you can visualize that. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, that sounds awesome. And it's been made then for people to be able to do free downloads to get people to print them and put them up around wherever they they live. Yeah, that's um, great. Yeah, so I did that, and the mice and men. Those are the two things I've just done recently. Yeah, so you're just kind of playing around and keeping. Yeah, your, yeah. And the get out the vote one, get out the vote was a, a freebie, you know. That mm. just because I, yeah. I I believe in that as well that the people need to vote this time. It's really important. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's like people don't realize how crazy things things are. I know a lot of people, a lot of younger people have only recently gotten into politics in the last mm-hmm. few years, and it's like you know, it's insane. We yeah, it's like it's, people it's, don't realize how I think younger people don't realize how insane it is. It's like right, never been like this in my lifetime, you know. Probably not in nobody's lifetime. In I know, country. right? I know. <laughs> it's really <laughs> scary. It's really scary, insane. Right? How have you? How have just you been every, dealing? Just every day, every day, there's something else coming out. I know. You, know, you, you think? I know. I, I'm, I, obviously, I'm anti-Trump. And yeah. every day something else comes out of his mouth that you're like, 
oh, my God, I can't believe you said it. He can't top that. The next day he'll say something to top the other one. <laughs> I know. It seems it, – it almost seems like he – and it might even be like a subconscious thing because the dude definitely, you know, he's got – uh, he's got issues for sure. He's got like you know. Oh yeah. He's, nar- he's a he's a narcissist at least. And but it right. seems like oh, yeah. it seems like he's doing it on purpose in a way. Sometimes because it's like you couldn't say anything worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like sometimes it seems like it, maybe it's not intentional, but it's it's almost like subconsciously he's trying to torpedo his campaign or something. Uh, you know? I saw a documentary on him and. uh there, you know, speak of documentaries, but it was just like right. an hour one on CNN or something like that. And mm-hmm. uh, there he compared, they compared, they, they they showed his life and his dad was a huge bully. And he picked right. up, he picked up on what, how his dad was. And then, uh, and that, then they showed how he ran his businesses and they're showing that, you know, he, he bullies people, you know, and, and mm-hmm. you know, the hiring and the firing of people. And someone doesn't agree with them, they're fired. You know, and right. uh, so he surrounds himself with yes men and women, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just it's just insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So everybody, but, we don't need. Really <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody vote. Everybody knows this. Most people know this, and everyone talks about it constantly on Facebook and stuff. So it's like this, you know, just just vote. That's all you can, all we can say is vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's important. But uh. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, how, how have you been through the the pandemic? Oh, I've been okay. I've been okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, I I I, I isolate regardless. So exactly. It's not, <laughs> that's, it's not a big you know, change change of lifestyle <laughs> for me. <laughs> that's what I've been saying all along. It's like I'm so I hate to say it, but I'm so suited to this. You know, it's right. like I, I've it really my life. Other, you know, other than the way my wife and I go to the store, you know, wearing masks and stuff and being careful. Other than that, it's it hasn't really changed for me. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then uh, we're of like mind. I definitely, you know, I stay home. You know, I, I don't mm-hmm. hang out with people. You know, not that yeah. I don't like people. I just don't really hang right. out with anybody. And. uh which is fine with me. I'm okay with being alone. Me and my cat. Yeah. Yep. My cat's an idiot. <laughs> well, my wife's allergic to cats, so we have we only can have dogs. But uh, I grew up with cats and dogs, and always been a huge yeah. animal, animal lover. I love cats. Oh yeah, I, you know I love dogs too. I mean, I I just had to put mine down. And uh, I don't. Sorry I, to hear. Oh well, thank you. It was rough, but he was 18. So, oh wow! So he had, that's good. Yeah, he had a good life. I, I adopted him when he was ten because uh, people overlooked the old dogs. I know so that's what I we had do too. Good, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, we, we do that too. It's, I'll, I'll um, adopt them too. <clears throat> right? Oh yeah! Don't don't shop. Adopt. Um, yep. I uh, I don't know how I'm going to introduce another dog with this cat. This cat's skittish. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not ready to adopt yet. At, anyhow, but uh, you know, I'm sure I will. It's just like, how am I gonna work things out? How am I? I have to sit down and have a long talk with my cat. <laughs> I know. And cats live a long time too. That's the other thing. Yeah, that cat's gonna be probably oh, around for a while. Oh yeah, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> 
you could always get another cat, maybe. Oh, that might be worse, though. <laughs> yeah, God. Yeah, dogs are cool, though. We always get, we, we rescue pit bulls because they're super sweet. Oh, do you? Sweet. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, they're really, and they and they get the shit end of the stick also. So um, And there's so many of them. There's so many of them in the kennels because a lot of people get pit bulls and they don't realize how much energy and, and actually, yeah. you know, how much yeah. how much work there are, and yeah, uh, yeah. so they, they just are, they are dump them off. At, <laughs> yeah, and they just dump them off at shelters, and so the shelters are full of pits because it's people terrible. are ignorant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're 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 super sweet dogs. They're really really sweet. They're just really strong and strong willed. Really strong, so yeah. You, you know, know, so you got to go in. And when they're that. young, I, they have. Oh, oh yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Yeah, they have tons of tons of energy when they're young, but we usually get them. Like I said, we usually get them when they're a little older because people don't want them, right? But, um, Which is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just had a. We had uh, the, our last one die in. Well, we had a put down in uh, December, and he was like a pit pit bull Weimaraner mix. I don't know if you know Weimaraners. Those weird. They're they're. They, they look like gray ears. Yeah, yeah, kind of like greyhounds with big ears and kind of skinny. Uh-huh. So he was like a, a weird mix of Pitbull and Weimaraner, but um, he's a good dog. So we just got one little little small pit left. She's she's doing uh-huh. pretty good. So I don't know cool. what we're gonna do when she goes, but I can't imagine not having a, a pet. Right? No, I know. It was uh, yeah, it was a, an adjustment one. My boy died. Uh, yeah. His name was Rommel. And, uh, Rommel, yeah. He's in the movie, right? He's in the documentary. Yep. 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 Yeah, his name uh, was Russell when I adopted him, so it was a real easy change to get to start calling him Rommel. <laughs> <laughs> See, we never change him. We, we always just, like, whatever name they come with. So our dogs always have stupid names. You know, we uh-huh. have one named R- Rambo. This pit bull named Rambo uh-huh. because that's the name he came with, and then one named Tatsu because right. that was the name he came with, and then Doc. It's like I would never name my dogs that, but we're just too lazy to change the name, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, it's difficult to change, also to change a name with a, a dog. You know, I mean, it, it probably isn't that difficult, but just mine was yeah. so easy. You know, for right, Russell yeah. to Rommel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my last dog was last dog was Jose, and uh, he came with that name. And so, you know, oh, yeah, that. Yeah, you have two. I think you have two different dogs in that movie, don't you? No, just, it just seemed one. It, oh, that's what, that was that was yeah, well, he, Rommel. Right, Rommel. Yeah, he well, he got shaved. He gets shaved in the summertime. Oh, okay, 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 okay. And so the, the documentary <laughs> took uh, five or six months to film. So you, you got to see right. Rommel in various stages of, of undress. I see. <laughs> Yeah, he's super cute. Uh, you know, the other thing I didn't realize until looking around on the net is that you have a your own gallery. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, it's good. It's going to change though. It looks like it's just going to be working as a studio and a place to run the business out of. Um, okay. Because of the COVID, you know, definitely can't have oh, gallery. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. And we're 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 transitioning into doing a, a new new clothing line. And uh, we got a. Cool. We're not going to silk screen these these shirts. We have a machine that can print them out. Uh, oh, the order direct, to demand. Direct, 
direct garment printing. Yeah, I've switched to that too. Yeah. So yeah, so we so got that now. big machine in there. What's that? I said the quality is so good now. You know, it's kind of oh, it's great. You can print any anything you want. I know. You know, I know. It looks amazing. Yeah. So you got so one of the we machines. Got You're going to print there. them yourself. Yeah, we we bought the machine. We have that in in the gallery, and we also bought a huge printer that prints on fine art paper, and that's in the oh, gallery. Cool. So you know, and then we do the shipping out of there, and uh, so it's 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 just turned into a place to do the work, you know. Right. Yeah, I just I I I understand that. I you know, it's running a gallery is one of those things, or having a gallery. Like I've dreamt of having my own gallery before for my work mm-hmm. and then showing artists I like, but I've curated enough shows to know how hard work it is to run a gallery. And oh, yeah. <laughs> it seems like uh, maybe on second, on second thought, maybe I don't want my own gallery because it just seems like so much work. I mean, curating is bad enough. I, I, and I see what the galleries go through. It's a, mm-hmm. a lot you, of work. They got to You got to have your shows got to do well to pay the bills. I know. Right. And a, one show does a bad, you know, and the next show does good. You use the money from the good show to cover the bad show. Then you're behind by paying the good show. And then you right. got to have, you know, then you get Peter, Peter DePaul thing, you know, Robert yep. Peter DePaul. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's difficult. People, people don't get it. I mean, people just think, oh, you, you, you hang up cool artwork. And yeah. It's a little more involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of actually, a lot of prejudice against galleries nowadays. And, and I definitely, I have a lot of sympathy for them and I try and support galleries whenever I can, just cause it's, you know, it's like, you got to see that the, the best way to see art is in person. It's just kind of the way it is. Um, just like, you know, I always equate it to seeing a band in a club or hearing them on CD. It's like, you, you love them both, but, but seeing a band live, right. is the ultimate, you know? So, so I think they are important. But I definitely don't want one. <laughs> I don't want a gallery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the building that my gallery's in is uh, the, the old American Greetings Cards Company, and uh, it's That's huge. Cool. It's massive, and uh, it's been converted into nothing but galleries. There's three floors, and it's like a, you know, it's got the ceilings like my old studio had. You know, it's a building like that with those kinds of windows and stuff. And uh, oh, cool. there's hundreds, literally, there's hundreds of galleries in this building. And every third Friday, it would open up and the uh, place would just be packed, you know, because all the, the galleries promoting themselves. And then people just know it's an event, you know, it's become that thing. Or it's a, where do we go on the third Friday? Well, we go to 1300. And uh, so it was massive. And, and actually, the galleries did well that way. Um, but they're not doing well anymore because of the pandemic and they can't have those big massive openings. So, right. It's, yeah, I don't, it's like independent concert clubs, the little ones, you know, they're getting, screwed. Oh yeah, I know, you know, there, a lot of them aren't going to make it. Yeah, I know. I know. It's like when we emerge from this whole pandemic, it's the landscape is going to be so much different. Um, so many, so many businesses are failing and it's just, it's just crazy. It's just, yeah. That's crazy. crazy it's historic, times. historic times we're living in. I know. I mean, you know, if you were like, a, if you were, a, a, we must be adventurous spirits if we had any kind of choice about <laughs> coming, what time of 
history you're going, going to, to inc- incarnate in. It's like we must have been adventurous because we're like, I want to go through the, I want to go through the apocalypse. <laughs> that sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, every so so if you look at it like that, every being on Earth is this like, uh, like an adventurer. You know? Yeah, right. right. <laughs> like like a mass incarnation. Right, right. Yeah, it's like we were all we were all we were all the crazy ones that wanted to see the shit go down. <laughs> right, we're the ones. We were all around it during the 1918, and we just wanted to do it all over again. Right, because <laughs> it was so much fun the first time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. So um. So what's it? What's a day look like for you? What's an average day look like for you? Are you like an early guy or a late guy or a late guy? Well, I go to I go to AA meetings, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, yes. Right now, I've been uh, the monitor of one that we it happens every day, you know, seven days a oh, week okay. at noon, and it, mm-hmm. it's out in a, a pavilion. It's outdoors in a pavilion, so you know you don't have to wear masks, and uh, so oh, cool. I, I I kind of build build up my morning till I drive over there at eleven thirty and get started. And uh, it's getting cold here, right? Mm, and uh, right, you know, snow's not that far away. And so we're trying to figure out how we can keep the meeting going when it's cold. So mm-hmm. that, that takes up a, a you know definitely a few hours of my day. Right. And then uh, then it's whatever whatever comes up you know and I open the email when I get home and start go from there. You know some days I I'm, I'm watching TV you know which is right. it's fine <laughs> with me. <laughs> I know a lot of people. I've got no problem uh, with that. Yeah, I know exactly, right? It's like you put you put the time in. You can chill now. Um, right. I know I know how much hard work. Yeah, I love, I love people I love people who hate T V. I'm like, you know, why? TV's your friend. <laughs> I yeah, there's yeah. There was a period where it was so bad. I remember I mean, I don't even know when that was, but I know there was a period where I was so I thought T V was so bad, like the programming was so bad, and then it got really good. And it's been really right. kind of kind of amazing ever since, you know. Well, yeah. So now we got all the Netflix and stuff like that. Right. HBO now. Well, see, I stuff. saw I saw a documentary on uh, the making of "Wish You Were Here" by Pink Floyd. And uh, I don't oh, know if you're familiar that, with that record or not. Oh yeah, that's like and, my, my favorite Pink Floyd album. I think it, it's great. Yeah, and the documentary was fascinating because they just went through how it was made. And they went through how the cover art was made and uh, oh yeah that's and, the, and all uh, that the cl- classic albums series of documentaries is that the one where they they, they there's like a series of these documentaries where they take an yeah, album no. and was it, it, wasn't, that one? it was i know what you're talking about it, this was like a two and a half hour documentary on it oh where where was um, it where did you see that uh access tv i think it's access a x e x a x e s or something like that Okay. I mean, I could tell you what number it is on my cable, but it does not oh, matter yeah. to you. I'm I'm I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm disconnected. I'm disconnected from. I'm, I just watch everything online. I don't have cable anymore. Oh, okay. My my cable company left, yeah. and then I was got, had to go with Time Warner, and I just didn't want to deal with it, so I just started watching online. And never went back. Right. Well, I'm old school. Yeah, no, it's cool. <laughs> I, I wish I had cable <laughs> sometimes. 
You know, that I was going to say about the, I know a lot of people in recovery, and it seems like all the AA meetings are on Zoom now. They are, and they're, they're, but they're they're opening up here. They're opening up yeah. here uh, in, in churches again. So I go to those some of those indoor ones. You know, you got to wear a mask. Um, right. But every so often, you get you get a few people in there who won't wear a mask. They're deniers. Really? They just won't do it. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. I know. It's insane. It's insane. <laughs> And that's our fearless leader who who encouraged that. Yeah, yeah. And he fucking got it. I can't believe he got it. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, that was so cool. That was so <laughs> right on. <laughs> I mean, that's so me, poetic. I know, I know. It's, you can't write this shit. That's the way I look at it. I look at, like, reality as, like, uh, I try and kind of step back from it and look at it like, like it's an amazing story, you know, like, like, right. it's like, like you're reading a book. And so every, every mm-hmm. time something like that happens, it's like, Oh my God, it's another twist ending. You know, it's a twist coming up. That's amazing. Right? <laughs> it's like, a, you, instead of going like that fucking asshole, I can't believe blah, blah, I'm getting all pissed off. I'm like, Oh my God, what an amazing villain this guy is. He's so perfect. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I try and look at it kind of from like an artistic perspective. In a, in a weird right. way, and it's like this story and this pandemic. It's like to have this happen during this period is like amazing. If, if this was a book, it would be such an amazing book, you know. Right. I, I think that's it, I, I, it. Keeps me sane to look at it like that. Maybe <laughs> to try and have some kind of appreciate artistic appreciation for it in a weird way. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's like a best-selling novel. Yeah, because I mean, what a character he is. He's just like you could, right. he, he's he's you know right out of a Stephen King novel. He uh, what did he say today or yesterday? He was calling Doctor Fauci an idiot. <laughs> like you can't make this shit. I'm like, I'm like what? You know, <laughs> it's because yeah. Fauci's telling the truth. You know, and, and he, right. he he can't handle it. Right. And he, he's somebody he can't really fire. And uh, Fauci's got a high profile, and it's right. he can't bully. So that's amazing. Nah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Again, don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, <laughs> this is a, it's not a political show. This is an art show. <laughs> Our yeah, yeah, yeah. There's plenty of <laughs> politics everywhere, like I was saying. Right. So, uh, you know, the one thing we haven't touched about, with the, which is a big part of your story, is is your the uh, the the, the way that you've used your art to um, help people understand about mental illness and, and to, to, um, right. To, you know, to deal with your own bipolar situation. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's such a great example of, of, of art being a healing force in the world, you know, not to mm-hmm. say that art healed you, but I mean, it's like you're using the artwork, I'm sure as, um, one of the ways to deal with it and using it to, to make other people who have this not feel so alone. Right. Yeah. Well, well, what I, you know, I was just doing how I felt, you know, and, and, you know, how, how it makes me feel. And, uh, and, and it, 
you know, relates definitely. You know, I'm not like I'm going to draw something that's mentally ill today. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah, I just do it, and then people people who have it relate to it, totally relate to it, which I feel right. I'm very fortunate that uh, I'm able to do that. Um, yeah, did do know. a book on it and uh, toured the book on uh, oh, really? in May two years ago in May. It's called Thirty One Days of May. Is the book. And May is Mental Health Month, so mm-hmm. we toured the the book, you know, like bookstores, uh, independent movie theaters, and showed the documentary uh, cool. and, uh, galleries and stuff awesome. like that all over the country. And uh, um, it was really cool, and the, the response was amazing. You know, about the people who came out that are definitely you know could relate to the artwork. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my my uh, my biological father. I'm pretty sure we're all pretty sure he was bipolar, but he would, um, he would, he would never get diagnosed and he just, he died that way, never dealing with it right. and always being alone and just, you know, you know, just not having any decent relationships. It was really tragic that he never got help, wow. uh, you know, but, and so, and because well, he wasn't diagnosed, we could only kind of guess, but that's, kind of how it seemed, you know, just being in bed for days and then also being very up and they also like well, the, genera- the was, generation was in a, they, yeah, they didn't, totally. you know, it was taboo. Right. Right. To talk about it, you know? Right. Right. You know, that person, you know, you get labeled as crazy. Right. You know? Right. Where That's, yeah. now, you know, right now it's a good time to be talking about it because people are all they're becoming open with it and it's not, such a terrible yeah. thing. Yeah. It's like anything. It's like having diabetes or whatever. It really is. Right. You, know? you got something. You know, everybody a has treat- something. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. It's a treatable disease. Um, but it's good. It's cool. It's like you're one of the leading voices talking about that. It's, it's commendable and really cool because, you know, I imagine it could be something that would be easy to just not want to share with people. Right. You know, I can't imagine it's super comfortable to at first at least to be sharing that it's like such a personal thing oh yeah definitely i mean it's just something that happened it's just uh you know i i just you know did, did some artwork and then people asked me what it was about and then i would explain it to them and all of a sudden you know i'm a spokesman <laughs> oh really it was just like a, it just kind of happened like that it wasn't even something you planned no yeah no it wasn't planned uh, it just wow. happened like that and, uh, which is cool. You know, I don't yeah. have any problem talking about it. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's, that's cool though, because, you know, I, I, one, another thing I gather from you is, you know, integrity is very important to you, which I think, you know, I, I think that's part of that is the time we grew up in, I don't know, on the bands we're into, it's like integrity was a big deal, especially in the punk rock scene, you know, not selling right. out and all this sort of thing. And um, I think by being an artist that had integrity, it just naturally happened that way for you because you were just being yourself and being real. And right. and that ended, ended up kind of steering you in a way that maybe you hadn't considered that being this kind of spokesperson, which is obviously needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, thank you. Yeah. Um, and it's just definitely the way it works, you know, and, um, like with your your artwork, I mean, you tell it's integrity, and you're you know you're doing what you want to do, and uh, you know you're open with it, and you know that's 
you know, yeah, that's part of being an artist. I mean, a true artist. Yeah, you know, totally. Yeah, that's how I try and approach everything to the podcast. It's like I'm, you know, I'm not putting up some kind of front. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I'm so sick of right. that whole tough guy front thing. It's like you know, or a morning or, DJ. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I just want everybody. I think that's what people want. This is why art is, has survived because the more phony that the world gets, the more important that real art is. And so I think that's why we're able to make a living doing it still in this digital age. You know, we're doing like paintings on paper, physical things. It's like, it's a total throwback when you think about it, but because it's real, it's real, mm-hmm. so people want it. You know, it connects them to their humanity, and it's like, I, in a way, the more, like I said, the more phony and fake everything becomes, which it seems to be happening every day, it gets worse and worse. Um, That's what happened with the happened with the po- uh, concert poster industry. They moved away from silk screening, you know, and, and everything's done mm-hmm. on the computer. I think that you might, you know, scan your drawing in, but then they manipulate it. In, in right. the on the, whereas when I was doing it, it, it I was doing hand separations, you know, with, right. with opaque markers and ruby lifts and, you know, and, you know, tape and, and scissors, you know, right. and, and that night, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, cause that's where I learned too, you know, you know, cause I was studying printmaking and, uh, you know, printmaking itself, it's not just making multiples. It's, it's an art in itself. You know, you got to yeah. visualize laying color on top of color and how, where to, to, you know, what color you, you get out of that, how opaque you want the ink, how, how translucent you want the ink. Um, and make sure they're all key lined up correctly. And, uh, yeah, they don't do that anymore. I don't even think, I always use a photostat machine to shoot my film positives. And I don't mm-hmm. think there are any more Photostat machines in existence because of the uh, technology change. Right. And uh, yeah. it, it just became an uh, uh, anti-lost art, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. Have you ever done any any kind of oil, anything with oils? It's just no, I never. You're uh, like ink, ink, acrylic. Pen ink, pencil. acrylic, silk screen. Yeah. Silk screen. Maybe that's yeah. something to try messing around with while you're in your in your slow period or your period where you're just kind of messing around. Right. Oils no, are fun. That's a bad idea. Oils are yeah. fun, man. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's a medium you're working, right? Yeah, yeah. But I started in acrylics, you know. Uh huh. And um, switched to oils. It just never. Once I figured it out, I never went back because they're so fun. Mm-hmm. It just it took. It was a little yeah. bit of a learning cur- curve. Um, but they are really, really super fun mm-hmm. to mess with. I'm sure you'd kill it. Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> <laughs> I've never been much of a real painter. You know, I, I've, I've been a color inner. You know, yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. I think your stuff would be totally suited. I, I would. I, I'd love to see your style in oils, actually, or, or you know, mm-hmm. I, I know. I think it would be cool. I think it'd be cool, but you know, you can't. You got to follow your artistic muse. You know, right? No one can. No one can tell. No, you Mar- Marty's what on to me do to try, try things like that. Marty's like, you know, mm-hmm. 
nagging me a little bit about doing stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I would personally, as a fan, I would love to see it. So, oh, okay, just putting a bug in your ear. All right. If you have any questions about about it, hit me up. I'm very oh, absolutely down to help. Always down to help. Appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. So, do you have anything um, coming up? Or are you just any any plans, future plans? Or are you just kind of chilling right now? It's kind of chilling. You know, see what see what com- comes up. Something will come up. Always does. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, like I said, I just did those two projects, and that, that's that's it. Um, <clears throat> I draw. Sometimes I draw people wanting their dogs drawn. You know, because I love dogs, I'll draw deep dog drawings and it it's fun too because it's really academic and uh you yeah know, I keep it loose you know real loose drawing and, and i just draw and i don't have to come up with an emotion you know i don't have to come up with a right depressed <laughs> I'm, I'm like i'm rendering i'm rendering a dog you know yeah yeah and, and it, it's done in my loose style and uh it, it, they tend to flow and uh i like mm-hmm. doing that um so i do that sometimes when i'm when i'm doing anything else people ask me to draw their dogs you know and i'm like yeah. sure you know? Yeah, that's cool. I love that too. I mean, I've done some, I do these studies, these little oil studies sometimes for, for people. And, um, I painted some dogs recently and it was so mm-hmm. fun. It was so fun just yeah. to like, you know, just to paint for the sake of painting and not, you know, worried about, am I being weird enough or am I being my style enough? And just like, I'm going to paint a dog. <laughs> it's super exactly. fun. You know exactly. I love it. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could. T- I could going, totally. If, if, you, if you're not I'd doing anything super creative at the time, it just keeps your hand in it. You know, right? So you right, don't right. become stagnant. Yeah, yeah. And it's good for you know, uh, you know, just learning, just l- further learning, mm-hmm. further getting better as an artist, doing something right. you're not normally doing. I could totally see, personally, like I could see doing a whole dog show. I wonder. Actually, I mean, I. I like a bunch of pit bulls. Oh yeah, Paint. we could do a I mean, dog art show called Sexy Show. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> that has to have been done before, I'm sure, right? <laughs> I'm sure it has. That's okay. <laughs> that's too, too good of an idea to to just make, but you never know. But that's you know one of the things I'd like to do because I just I love painting dogs. I've painted a portrait of every one of my dogs. I think. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, but. Well, I appreciate you taking the time, man. This is really enjoyable. Um, I I, uh, love your work and appreciate everything you do. And well, thank you. And again, I appreciate the interest. You know, definitely, if someone wants me to talk on a podcast, you know, if it's a cool (laughs) podcast, I'll definitely take them up on it. You know. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I know my a friend of mine, Jeff Bradford. I think he went to the same art school you went to. He's a big fan. Mm-hmm. He's the one who he's been telling me for like a year to get, get you on the podcast. And I was like, yeah, I know I'm a big fan, but you know, it's like, I get I, the high, there's some certain high profile guests. I kind of get like, I don't know. It's easy to not ask people that are big time artists like you. <laughs> you know, it's like, like I felt like that with Brom. I felt like that kind of with Wes Benscoat or just people that, you know, I guess it's because I was, you know, looking at your stuff before I was painting. So it's like, you know, you, you're, you have this elevated status to me. So 
So I kept putting oh. it off, but fi- fi- finally um, I, got, I got nudged enough, and, and your uh, manager was cool enough to set this up. So I really appreciate you taking the time out. I know you didn't have to do that. No, that's okay. I was just watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, well, cool. Well, um, I, I guess I will, I'll let you go, and let's say goodbye to the audience. This is something I do at the end of the podcast. It's this really dumb custom where we both say goodbye to the audience. So just okay. say goodbye. Goodbye, audience. Goodbye, audience.